Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. Hey, Jimmy, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the, the uh, load last week. Hey, no problem. You can tell it's, uh, you can tell it's uh, sweater weather here, right? Both yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think when we, when we first started the podcast, actually, it was sweater, sweater weather too, right? Just kind of getting out of it. That's fine. Yeah. So well, that's right. our first, I guess that'd be our first season. We did our first season of the podcast. Damn, full yeah. season. Yep. Summer and 2021. That's right. More to come. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know that you wanted to, um, actually, yeah, you wanted to tell me a story. <coughs> uh, I, yeah. You, you mentioned it the other day. Yeah. You know, I said it too for the podcast. So I received a kind of like a cold email um, from a, a woman who who's just not recently, but I mean, in the span of her life recently, uh, immigrated from China into Canada. And she has, uh, so this was in 2014 that she immigrated. She has a son with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So OCD, ADHD, mild autism. And that was it for his ages four to 11. And then, um, you know, things were going okay with that. And then in December of 2020, uh, but really at the start of the pandemic, she started noticing, but in December of 2020, it got to its height. Um, she started noticing ticks, uh, very loud, uh, verbal, like corpulilia ticks. So yelling, mm-hmm. screaming, saying, wow. Uh, which is kind of similar uh, to a lot of other people with corpulilia. A lot of people with corpulilia say, wow, I found. Yeah. Um, Sounds like, it seems like it's a, like it's an interesting word to say. It kind of like rolls off your, your tongue, right? Like, it's yeah, way that it's kind of satisfying to say. It. Yeah, yeah. So this, this woman and her family, they have, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. Forgive me if I, if I go off track a little bit, no, but um so there's a few aspects I would like to talk about. So it's it's her experience um, with her son and in the the onset and the, the way that her family has handled it, uh, the things that she finds are helpful, and and the the way that she is having to navigate the medical system. So you find it a lot. Where I'll start with with the the latter point that I was making. So you find it a lot where the the parents and the kid know that something is is up that it's not just normal growing pains or 
uh, attention-seeking behavior. There's something out of the norm. So this woman, in particular, probably a little bit more in tune than than most. You know, with, because with the given, previous given the other yeah conditions, right? Given the other conditions, and uh, she she started noticing this in in like I said, early of 2020. So when the pandemic started. And she brought it up to her, she does not have a family doctor. So this is a, an immigration problem, but doesn't have a family doctor, but she does, her son does have a pediatric doctor. And he, and this is in her words, is a little bit set in his ways and is um, very reluctant to get any specialist appointments. And the doctor is? The family doctor or the pediatric doctor. Yeah. And that seems, he's, bit, he's, that seems a little bit toxic, doesn't it? A little bit for sure. I mean, you know, certainly. I mean, yes, absolutely. It seems that way. Um, but you know, like you've had your experiences with your family doctor too, and mm -hmm. I'm lucky. I've had I have a great family doctor, but um, he's retiring. Her her family doctor is retiring in a year, and so she hasn't been able to get him to see a specialist. And he, they've been trying since they started noticing the ticks. Yeah. And so she she basically came to me um asking for for two full advice one about the medical system and, and two about uh her son's specific case and what i think might help him and her family navigate their situation while they're waiting on a doctor i made it very clear as we do on the podcast i'm not a doctor yeah. um, but she was noticing things that that we've noticed anecdotally and that we've had personal experience with. Yeah, and I we've they'd experienced be, I, a lot of it yeah, too, right? Yeah, so I thought they'd just... be interested. Exactly, exactly. It's not just us shooting it out of thin air. It's, we've lived it. Um, mm -hmm. And there's something definitely to be said for that. But she was saying some things to me that she pointed out unprompted. And a couple of them were, um, her son is noticeably sleeping more so the doctor i should backtrack the doctor immediately put him on adhd meds when he started ticking um and i don't know what the meds are but they appear to be some sort of a downer at least for him and now he's sleeping like 15 16 hours a night didn't you say that you had that problem um, i had that problem somewhere. yeah 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 a lot of people experience that yeah um, i did briefly yeah and so, yeah, I had that problem too. That's why I stopped taking medication. So me too. Uh, yeah. 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 So I didn't take it even very long. It was only maybe a month before I noticed. I yeah. Like it. Yeah. And so that's, that's one problem. And then the other problem is that this is the exact thing that happened to me is he starts a medication. It works for two weeks. And then for two weeks, two weeks later, it comes back with a vengeance and, and the effects diminish. And so he's bouncing around on medications and doses. And she said, it's, it's really hard on him. Mm -hmm. So that's one piece. And the, the other piece uh, on the medical side is that she feels like she, she can't get the doctor to take her seriously. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's like debating going to emergency and, and all this stuff because she just can't get through to her family doctor. And, you find that a lot uh, with Tourette's because it's one of those things that doctors don't have any experience with or, or much. Yeah, we've talked with. about that, right? Like we don't even know what kind of training they get or yeah. um, even Dr. Brazil, right? He said that um, he, he didn't really know uh, much yeah. about it until until like one lecture that well, that they had on it, right? And, and that was when he was doing his clinical psych mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. When he did his undergrad, I remember he was saying like, 
it was a, the smallest thing where they had almost no no training is the and, is the is the lady that called is she a listener of the podcast yeah that's how she found out about the uh, okay because if she yeah. if she listens and if she is listening i think it's important that um like for me anyway i mean you got to tell her uh and you'll get to what you told her i'll just quickly say that for me it was a psychologist that helped like so much more than a family doctor or or any other doctor that i saw it was a psychologist um and that was the way that i was able to cope with it i didn't even i didn't even get to touch on that with her what did you that's a really good that's a really good point well she was really struggling with like the immediate situation. So um, I will I will keep this brief, but um, her her husband is less accepting of his issues uh, of her of his son's issues. That also and, seems to be pretty trendy. Like guys, yeah. uh, dads don't seem to want to admit it or something. I don't. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, we've noticed that. Jill and I have talked about it endlessly. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's something that is definitely, it's too, it's too much of a pattern to ignore uh, mm-hmm. that the male, male father brain, for whatever reason, is very resistant to their son mm-hmm. having a problem. So, you know, she, um, she's, she specifically wanted to talk to me about exercise. Uh, that's like, she brought that word up three or four times in the email that she sent me first. And then again, after which, and so she wait basically long of the sort as she came out of the conversation um with a little bit of a a family exercise plan that they're going to implement in terms of like getting out and moving because he's not doing any exercise he just plays video games and how old was he again sorry i know you must have mentioned it 11 years old 11 yeah 11 yeah yeah because he said it, all of those other all of those other symptoms came on earlier yeah, now yeah. He's 11, getting these he's 11. yeah yeah which seems to be also on point with what we've always said about the the timing 11 yeah. that seems it's to like be- a it's like a very character it's this is one thing i said to her and is kind of the reason why i'm telling you on the podcast is that this is a normal thing that happens to a lot of people in this situation you yeah. know maybe not not so much well to be honest with you even the doctor thing like it takes a long takes a lot of i told her this too you know personally my, my mom had to fight for um, me to see specialists uh, mm-hmm. because it's very, I guess, for, for whatever reason, dismissible. Mm-hmm. And um, so they they went are still actively going through this whole process of of trying to first of all work as parents and then manage to control their son's Tourette syndrome and. And you know, try and make him a happier person in the in the short term, but then long term, trying to get him a, a formal diagnosis and appointment with a psych and a psychiatrist at Chio, which is proving very difficult for them. And uh, and then also trying to to retain some sort of like positive family dynamic, because you could tell they were, they were very stressed out. And I think this is it's just important to highlight that that this situation, you know, there are lots of people that go through it, and that there are things you can do for sure in the interim to manage and um, navigate that, that yeah, that's, space, you know? That's something that we don't really talk about too much, um, how, how hard it is on the families. Um, it definitely is. 
right? Like sometimes depending on the severity of it, like can honestly just, you know, it could be like the center point of your, of it your is for as a family. family, like all you, yeah. all you can do is try to get through each day. Like, yeah. And that's and terrible. Is. And I can only imagine how much it's scaled up when it's with corpulalia mm-hmm. because it's like in your face or in your ears all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, she was saying she lives in a townhouse and, um, in the city and it's hard for them to like, you know, get anywhere where he can't be seen or heard making noise. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I recommend and that, and they are going to do this is, um, start taking like walks morning and night, either as a, as a duo mom, mom and son or as a family mm-hmm. and start, you know, just supporting, supporting him instead of, you know, fixing, just start supporting focus on that get it getting him more comfortable in his own skin talking about it yeah talk talking about, about it. it yeah i yeah. wonder what i wonder what um you know the exercise like talking like i wonder if she'll if she can get back to you in like in like a month and let you know if if it's changed because and i wonder about like a diet too like um yeah, you know i know i, I know my that. like my son you know the older one uh he's seven he loves candy and sugar and obviously he's a kid right he loves all that as much as he can get um but i wonder you know if i you know switching that out to uh fruit and and different like more nutritious food i'm not saying that this kid uh eats bad or anything obviously but if he does i wonder if they adjust his diet a bit too well so so one thing that that's what i brought that up and um she to my to my surprise um given the other kind of lifestyle factors he actually is eating well according yeah. to her yeah. um and th- you know that, that's very positive and, and you know even just by by reaching out and, and acknowledging the fact first of all there was a big language barrier so communicating with her was definitely a little more difficult you know mm-hmm. than i would than i would have liked because she's newer to canada right so yes seven years uh, her first language is mandarin and um and it's it's difficult so anyway kind of kind of longer the short it's a very common experience for people to to go through this with with Tourette syndrome mm-hmm. people even with less language barrier you know less immigration problems it's still very more common than not um to go yeah. through some sort of well, difficult experience it's nice to see that um you could help her that you could help her out, you know, like she reached out to you to, to, um, to help. And I think that that says, uh, you know, a lot about the efficacy of the podcast and like what it's, what, you know, that's what the point is to let people talk about it, to let people reach out and share their story and get, you know, get some advice. So that's really good that she was able to do that. And hopefully uh, it helps, you know? So I think, so um, in, in, during the conversation, she mentioned that she was debating getting off, getting her son off of medication. Obviously, I said that I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't give you that advice. Um, mm-hmm. I said, I said, personally, that's what I did. I went off medication, but that's as far as I went with it. And I think so. I think the things that she's going to be changing in the next month are exercise, medication, and, uh, and sleep. So yeah. one thing I said was that like, you know, sleeping 15 hours a day, you just can't, you're going to be lethargic. 
no matter what, you know, like you can't. Yeah. Sleep. And that, and that likely is right. Like you said, an effect of the medicine, but uh, yeah, at the same time, I would probably feel like she should probably wait, um, you know, at least talk to her doctor or like yeah. even, even like telehealth or something before, before cutting out medication or changing the dose. Um, because uh, we're not. Yeah. I mean, th there's two sides. The there's two, there's two sides. Like mm. personally, yeah, what no, I, did, I agree. I agree. I was, but, but, but legally and uh, yeah, yeah. And everyone's wise, different too. Yeah. And everyone's I different. Mean, and all the, the, medications the, the medi different too. Yeah. Like the medicine he's on, like maybe there's some crazy withdrawal like that we don't know about or, you know, different, different things that are going on. Um, but she should, she could probably even talk to a pharmacist about that. Like mm -hmm. you don't even have to go these days. Pharmacists can, can mm -hmm. help with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, that sounds like really good advice that you gave. And I, and I hope that it, uh, it helps. This well, guy. one of the things she was saying is that, um, like she just can't find anybody that will take her seriously in the medical system. Like she's, she's gone to emerge and, and she's gone to her doctor and no one will even give her the time of day. Like, no, your son doesn't have threats. It's just, you know, whatever. But then in the meantime, That's during true. the phone call, I can hear him in the background going like, right. He's, he's screaming. Right. Right. You know? That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like if he's got a doctor that's that reluctant to um, treat his Tourette's syndrome, I'm sure that, I mean, I can speculate that he's not getting the best treatment for his other conditions either, because it yeah. seems like that doctor might not be taking that stuff so seriously. Yeah. So they might be better suited for finding somebody else, and hopefully they can. Yeah, but there's a shortage. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty difficult right now. Mm -hmm. Like all doctors have like pretty big waiting lists and that even yeah, well, Dr. Brazo talked about this for Sykes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Didn't, didn't, um, when we talked to Ky Kyra, is it Kira, yeah. Kyra? Um, Kyra. she had to, weren't they traveling like to a different province to get some tests done? So. Yeah. Like, or maybe they were traveling to Thunder Bay or something. I thought, no, they were, they live in Thunder Bay they live, and, they, they, were, and they were traveling to like Manitoba or something like to, yeah. <laughs> they're uh testing yeah 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 so yeah right. it's a problem it is a big problem yeah i can hear my uh his, my baby woke up he's pretty upset today he's pretty sick um yeah. so i wanted to chat a bit about um today like going off kind of going off of your episode your solo episode on sunday I thought it was interesting, so I did some a little bit of research on um, <clears throat> life outcomes for children with Tourette's and adults, basically. And what I ended up coming across was uh, an article, um, and this is in from the University of Florida, and uh, it's called. The, uh, the, 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 sorry, it's distracting. The journal is called uh, Movement Disorders and um, Neural Restoration Program. It's from the program of Norman Fixel Institute for Neurological Diseases, okay? And this is just like an mm -hmm. article. It's, uh, it's a written article, right? It's not, <clears throat> it's not like peer reviewed or anything, but she includes um, studies in, in this that she writes, but basically, uh, I just wanted to go through a couple of these and let's see what your thoughts are on them. Uh, so she says, go ahead. 
No, no. I was just going to say, let's do it. So, yeah. So, uh, basically, she's, she's writing that um, they noticed that when they were doing um, studies on Tourette syndrome, uh, which they call in this article, they call it, uh, the, they use the whole name, um, Gil de Tourette disorder or syndrome. It's weird, but, um, but they said that they noticed that uh, these kids that they were studying, just, just by noticing, observing that they, that certain traits that, that they were, uh, that they could examine were like, um, stronger in these kids so they decided to go ahead and, and actually research it okay so eventually in 2018 they uh they started they did research on uh the long uh they wanted to study the psychosocial functioning with uh and 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 that based on social milestones and the subjective quality of life okay and anyways, so they, so they study this, um, what they found, this is the interesting part. Okay. So I'm going to list some of these things and we'll talk about them. So, um, and they call it advantages of Tourette syndrome. So, I like uh, that. yeah, yeah. Um, so actually this, so the, the, there's one article that they talk about, it's, a. Uh, they call Tourette syndrome, uh, like, you know, like leaky brakes, like in your car, like, you know, like your, your brakes squeak and, and maybe you don't mm-hmm. work as great. So they're kind of, they're kind of referring to that, um, leaky brakes in your brain for Tourette syndrome, but they're saying that there are positives, 30 positives to having leaky brakes, but we're going to just go on these. Uh, there's about as a former mechanic, that analogy doesn't make any sense. That's, that's what okay. they call it. That's what they call it. Uh, <laughs> Must have been so, an engineer that's that, that made that. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Uh, so enhanced cognitive control. All right. Okay. So it says researchers studied the mechanism that helps children suppress tics. And they noted that this constant chronic struggle leads to enhance the ability of the brain to allow information processing and to adapt behavior based on goals. So the the i guess what you know the the skills or or like um or brain function mm-hmm. that you develop from from trying to suppress ticks i guess uh makes you more goal like easier easier to uh focus on goals like goal oriented and i guess it makes sense if you're always trying to achieve this suppression of ticks like you're always focusing huh. on doing something i don't know it's i thought it was really interesting i mean they don't that is very interesting they don't get in I here about. I mean, you're 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 practicing a skill whenever you're suppressing yeah. ticks. So. Mm-hmm. And there's and it's goal oriented, right? Like you're trying, like you're doing it for a reason. And uh, yeah, I know. I thought that was a really interesting one. Um, that makes so, sense. You have to deal yeah. with that adversity all the time, overcoming it, suppressing it. And it's all yeah, like this is all hypothetical. Like you know, we're hypothesizing on why it. Why this is the case, but I think that that seems to make sense. Um, information processing. I mean, there might be some, you know, biology at work too that uh, they don't talk about in here, or they we just don't know. But um, it gets it gets pretty deep. So the next one, verbal strengths. 
a small study showing that children with Tourette syndrome may have a strength in assembling together sounds and processing grammar in a general form. Hmm. And that's interesting too. I don't know why that's the case. I can't even, I can't even guess. I'm not going to do the disservice of that study of trying mean, to guess. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it, it makes sense, I guess. If you're, if, if, um, I don't know, if corporalia, for example, is a result of, you know, like when we tick, when I tick, anyways, it's like relieving, like it feels good. And if you're, if you have corporalia, it might be because you like the way that the word like to, to pronounce it right not necessarily yeah. how it sounds or whatever but the pronunciation of it and maybe mm -hmm. like being so in tune with that with the way that the different uh words sound or something like that like you can pronounce them better and and it somehow maybe works in communication i don't know they also say that like whenever whenever you <clears throat> you've done studies where there's been basically like, like frontal lobotomies or whatever they're called on on people's brains and then their brain compensates in other ways mm. for whatever whatever mm -hmm. parts are missing and uh, they say that like when, when you change something in the brain like something else you know not, not necessarily an opposite reaction but something else changes to, to compensate yeah. maybe like there's a deficit in one area and then mm -hmm. resulting in a strength in another yeah I guess that's like how people talk about um, sometimes with uh, you know, if you lose your sight, then you eventually develop more acute uh, yeah. hearing and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, fair. I mean, it could be something like that. Like, uh, but it's interesting. Um, what else? Uh, what else are we good at? Yeah. So, extraordinary skills linked to Tourette syndrome. Uh, perceptually acute all right so well i'm not going to even get into that <clears throat> uh because what, what i don't that? really know what it means i'm not gonna lie <laughs> let's, make it. let's make it perceptually acute i know what both of those words mean but yeah i don't know what they're referring to in in this okay so uh, like aware of sensations yeah okay so that's, what, so that's kind of what i imagine sounds like aware of sounds sights feelings things touching your skin mm -hmm. tastes okay uh, and like i think also your body in space or is that proprioception i think that's proprioception but yeah anyway, okay um so yeah acute ability to be aware of your senses to just be, just be aware of your senses yeah. yeah and that makes sense too because we're so every little yeah. every little movement right we focus on um, yeah and uh okay so the tendency for creativity do you find yourself to be more creative than your peers no <laughs> no, no. no not not uh not but i was as a kid i was a really creative kid and uh young yeah man. like I, did you have like, I, I remember when I was younger, I had a crazy imagination. Like, I, I know that kids do, but I was just like off in my own world most of the time. I, I did too. And then I, I pursued, I, up until the age of 17, I thought I was going to be a 3D animation designer. Oh, yeah. So, and yeah, like you... drawing and, and making graphics on computers and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like 
maybe I could have continued on that path, but I've told the story a million times on how I've kind of, I changed paths drastically to a more physical trade, you know, slash first response military avenue at 17. And there's not a ton of room for creativity in, in my mm-hmm. interests now, other than, you know, I play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really good enough to be creative. Um, but yeah, anyway. but um, I mean, talking about uh, the, the previous one I mentioned, it seems like going into military and um, different, you know, first response and stuff, it's like really goal or goal oriented, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like pretty like. Oh, I definitely think, I definitely think that that applies to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, you as well. You're, you're I, an example of that too. I like, yeah, I like creativity at the same time. Like, um, also very like um i like i like to have tasks and like just do the task and then move on to this yeah. task but i yeah but i also like guitar and, and i uh, i like all of that stuff but um the next is energetic Ener- energetic are you energetic yeah i would say that i have more energy than most people by far mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it, it's, it could be like, you know, when you read your horoscope and it kind of like applies to everybody, <laughs> these things yeah. I'm reading, like it could be, you know, it says it's associated. But with like, that horoscope. makes sense. That makes sense. We yeah. have more physical angst and energy than most people. Right. Because of Tourette's. You know, what's interesting, just to sidetrack us for a little bit, I was listening to a podcast on, on neurological conditions like ADHD and OCD and Tourette's. Um, he only mentioned Tourette's once briefly. It was a the Huberman Lab podcast. It's called. It's a it's a science podcast, and um, so he was talking about the tendency for people with these conditions to uh, first of all, he was going over lots of positives, and so the ability to hyper focus on on a given thing. So doing something like computer programming or um, something where you really enjoy what you're doing, or you can get really immersed in what you're doing, like that focused state that we talked about where our Tourette's kind of goes away. If you're able to mm-hmm. get into that, uh, and able to find something that, that leans its way towards that. So it would be less of like a, less of a job that's totally reactive and, but more of one that you can like immerse yourself into the work that leans itself towards people with conditions like that and then also interestingly you could tell me if this applies to you definitely applies to me people with these conditions are much more likely to pursue like caffeine Mm. and and uh, stimulants and he even talked about like like alcohol and drugs and you know that doesn't apply to me but the caffeine definitely Mm. applies to me and the reason is because there's a dopamine deficit in in the brain when you have these conditions and um the the dopamine deficit causes you to want to seek dopamine oh and Mm -hmm. sugars as well people with these conditions are much more likely to eat more sugar on average wow um and he he attributes that to the dopamine loss which is interesting interesting and it it all i mean yeah it all makes sense to me i love you drink a lot of coffee yeah i do 
especially since the baby's been born, I've been drinking a lot more, but yeah, I'll have three cups a day. Yeah. Like, like, like metric cups or like three. No, I'm talking like, I'm talking like two large coffees from Tim's, let's say, and then, and then a medium. Yeah. Yeah, So that's like probably more seven. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Like I have at least a large coffee a day from Tim's or McDonald's or mm-hmm. whatever. And then I'll have probably an additional two like mugs worth. Ones. Yeah. Yeah, and that's weird too, right? Because on weekends, for example, I'll just have like one, I'll make my own coffee in the morning and have that. And that's yeah. all I'll have. That's all I'll have yeah. in a day. And I, and I won't even, but when I'm at work, it's maybe it's more habit based now where I like, always just want to have like a coffee with me or whatever yeah um and and maybe i don't know uh, maybe i'm just more tired too at work but um dopamine deficits dopamine deficit that sounds interesting yeah and fair enough too um so do you think that you have a good sense of humor (laughs) it's funny because Um, apparently people with Tourette syndrome tend to have a good sense of humor well without like at risk of sounding self-absorbed i have definitely my my life been been somebody who jokes like a, a joke and poke fun I, I mean i poke fun on this podcast a lot too like mm-hmm. i joke around you know I, I i like to poke fun and and you know talk shit yeah like. so, <laughs> well we bring uh, jokes on the podcast even yeah no i, I think sometimes I mean, I think, to be honest, sometimes we could even, uh, you know, we could even be a little bit more funny if we wanted to be like, there's room for that. now. <laughs> I, I think we got all the, we got all the like serious, all the serious stuff, stuff out of the way. way. Yeah. Cause I think yeah, we were talking about that before. We're a little more free to, to open up and, and talk mm-hmm. crap. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not be so structured, but I do think that, um, yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, you can tell when someone has a good sense of humor. You know, you don't have to be so, like, you don't have to tiptoe around and stuff. And I think that we're we're both on that same page. So I could say, yeah, I can it say it bums me out. It bums me out when people aren't like that. Yeah, exactly. That's take, how you know take that life, you take life too seriously. That's how you know you are like that when people around you that aren't like <laughs> bums you out. Yeah. Uh, and then and then one of the other ones they list empathetic. And we've talked about that actually in on other yeah. episodes where like because of you know Tourette syndrome and what we've dealt with, when you see other people struggling with different things, it's easier to um yeah, to like you know, listen to them or accept what they're going through and not necessarily like judge right away. Yeah. Um Yeah, to me that's like that's common sense for people with, with Tourette's. It's like if you you know, if you've been through any a traumatic incident when you're younger. Uh, like say when you're old enough to understand what's happening and young enough for it to impact you for 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 your life um like a relative passing away or like cancer things like that like you develop a perspective and mm-hmm. Tourette, Tourette's when you when you are young you you you're going through a lot and it's traumatic and you develop perspectives because of it yeah and, and so actually perfect segue because um in this article they also they start to talk about um like famous 
people like celebrities with um, Tourette syndrome. And yeah. uh, they interviewed like, so they have a quote from this one musician, Sarah Henya, who I've never heard of, but maybe you guys, if anyone's listening, could look up her music or whatever. But um, she, she's quoted in this article, in, in an article saying, Tourette syndrome is kind of precious to me. I feel like my perspective on the world and who I am and how I treat other people is different than it would have been if I didn't have it. Yeah, so that's like 100%. exactly what we what we were saying. Like, if yeah. a lot of you know, you said it's empathy. Like, it's common. It's you know, it's kind of a given to people with Tourette syndrome. But like, you would hope that it's a given to everybody. Um, but that's just not the case. And uh, there are a lot of people that can't really get into that headspace and empathize with people um, that are experiencing what we've experienced, or um, you know, what parents, certain parents are experiencing. Like you can't, you couldn't really talk to um, just any other parent on the block about your child's Tourette syndrome because they wouldn't be able to I- identify with you if if they yeah don't, don't know what it is, right? Like, yeah. Just like they, just like that guy that that uh, lady you spoke to, her son's doctor can't even yeah can't even get wild. there. That's just bordering incompetence instead of. Uh lack of empathy or you know lack of ability to well, like, i mean yeah like it's really stressful that she can't get a diagnosis because we're yeah like even even talking about it like you know we, we can't diagnose it um but it like based on what she told you i'm sure that you just said like, like you know it's sounds like it's tourette syndrome yeah well i, d- I did without- say that but I, I also said it's important to to because right now her son would not qualify for a diagnosis. And I told her that because oh. she, she hasn't started documenting the ticks for more than a year. Right, right, right. And, and, um, well, and if they just came on, right, then maybe and the verbal ticks just came on in December. So, um, yeah, but that's, she, yeah, that's the problem, man, because he could be doing all these other things that they haven't even seen and he didn't yeah. even know about, like, diff, you know, different, maybe different ticks, like, uh, yeah even shit with his hands or something and like no one else notices it so they would never know and if they don't get diagnosed they're not he's not going to get asked those questions like do you do this do you do that do you do that maybe he's like oh yeah shit like i actually do seven of these 10 things that you just asked and i didn't even know that they were associated yeah so that's a problem that yeah that's a problem that that needs to get addressed um yeah one more thing sure here uh a quote uh from Tim Howard, USA goalkeeper, uh, and he played in the World Cup in 2014. Mm. Team USA. Wait, uh, what sport? Oh, soccer, I guess. Uh, mm. I think that's the goalkeeper World Cup. I can, let me double check, but Tim Howard, American soccer player, goalkeeper. Yeah. Go. Okay. Uh, oh, there's a guy named Stuart. Myers, Stuart Ellis Myers, he's a motivational speaker and he calls himself Twitchy. <laughs> That's his. That it's Twitchy in quotes. So uh, I'll, huh. we'll have to we'll have to listen to this guy and put a put Stuart some clips Myers. On. Stuart Ellis Myers, Twitchy. Stuart Ellis Myers. Huh. Hey, anything? Right, continue. Okay, so it's a quote from Tim Howard. Living with Tourette's is not easy, but God has blessed me with the gift of athleticism as well. 
He has done some powerful things in my life through the combination of these two gifts. He has also shown me ways to use my position as a professional athlete to encourage others with Tourette's syndrome. So I guess he's just talking about how um, both are gifts, I guess. Um, Tourette's syndrome to him is a gift and getting paid a bunch of money to stop a couple soccer balls is also a gift to him. And that's good. Yeah. That's uh... nice. Well, it's good to see success. Yeah. Like, you know, it doesn't have to stop you. It doesn't have to. Um, and so it says here, focusing on these strengths with children uh, and, and, and bringing attention to their unique abilities, like what we talked about earlier, uh, and giving them the mindset of what you focus on will grow is important to promote and support those strengths. Remember that they're, they say disability does not define these, uh, their lives. Focusing on abilities can foster healthy development and strong self-confidence. So focus on the abilities and the positives and try to, um, you know, really grow those other traits. And that's, yeah, that's the way that you can well, I mean, that's, that's the healthiest way at the individual level to deal with your threats, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, silver lining your Tourette's, you know, is, is a pretty yeah. good way of, of, of really taking it for what it is, which is a challenge, but it's not the end-all be-all, and is, you're still very capable. Yeah. And, you know, you can have, like, a good conversation piece sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of positives. once there's once so you get comfortable once you get comfortable enough with it. Funnier, quicker thinking. What else was on there? More athletic. I, I don't, I don't more think energetic. Gig was was on there. I think you added that one in. It is now <laughs> higher uh, IQ. Fact. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not going to debate that. Um, um, better looking. Yeah, maybe. That was one of them, wasn't it? Uh, I think so. When I, double, <laughs> when I go back and check, yeah. Well, it says it does say at the end of the list. It says and many more, so we can only speculate. Yeah. That yeah. I all of those were on there. Sci- science says that's uh, <laughs> yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, I that's think a good. That, that's a good list, and it's a good reminder to people with threats. Yeah, so. like loosen up, man. You know, don't take it always so seriously you know like so yeah like sometimes obviously there's going to be a lot of stress when your doctor won't diagnose you and your family's going through this that sucks but there's always light at the end of the tunnel and when you come out of yeah. that like that's when you can just light you know and that's the hardest that's the hardest part about Tourette's the first yeah. few years of like okay what is this what are these symptoms I'm experiencing and you get a diagnosis it's going to change my life and then you can start so I can definitely empathize with that. Like Absolutely. the first few years are are tough. It's easy to say now, like as a you know, as a man and having grown out of it largely and that mm-hmm. that you know I need to relax a bit, but well it I does. Mean, yeah. yeah, I mean it does get easier. Yeah. I it hope, does. you know, for most people, you I hope it does. But yeah. um and yeah, science says for most people it does, but yeah, yeah it's, it's a struggle. It's like and of course, 
you know, as a parent, you want only your kid to be, you know, like reaching their potential and not held back by anything. And it's, it's probably easy to see this uh, going on with your kid and, and you automatically assume that it's a setback or like it's a, yeah, like a disability or, you know, whatever. But like we've always said, you know, most, sometimes it's even worse just for the people around uh, more than the person actually with Tourette's like this is just how we are this is just my, how I am yeah. and you know it could be more annoying for everybody else than it is, is for the actual person yeah don't get so freaking bogged down in it all like it's not all negative like that's a good thing that you said that you mentioned those positives it's not all negative yeah I mean and, and that's great like if there's uh if there's like science to show that there are actual positives <laughs> and like resiliency, right? Like, like the, the suppressing, uh, suppressing your tics actually leads to like different skills, unique oh, yeah. skills. That's, that's awesome. If a that's, very rudimentary like, level of critical thinking will lead you to the fact that people with Tourette syndrome have to develop mm. resiliency more than. Yeah. And that's awesome. Really like, because I, I mean, that's a really useful, useful. That's more, more useful than Tourette's is annoying if that makes sense like if I if, I, if, some, if, if someone said to me you know you could go you could start over and not have Tourette's except you know at the end of the day like you won't be able to like you won't be resilient you won't be able to deal with some tough shit when it comes like I would live, go with Tourette's all the time yeah I wouldn't change yeah. anything about about who I am now well, I mean, a testament to that would be your, your recent situation where you, you've been very successful in getting a, uh, an yeah. academic, um, oh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if you're comfortable with me saying it, but. Uh, well, I, I don't, I won't give any details like of actually what, what it was, but yeah, like a recognition, yeah. definitely a recognition of hard work and. Yeah, um, that's once, an understatement. Once, uh, that's an understatement. Later on, later on, once it all, uh, you know, is official, then I'll, uh, I'll disclose it. Yeah. And, uh, the details. You know, that, that's a testament to, to resiliency and, you know, yeah. perseverance and dealing with adversity. Cause it's, you know, it could have been, it would be very easy for you to, to coast as a, as a new, well, not a new father, but father with a new, a newborn and a busy life. And you're already volunteering and you're already doing Tourette's podcasts and, well, you got it. It's, it's, yeah, because man, imagine like uh, we have this opportunity. Like you and I kind of made this opportunity with the the podcast idea, and it's actually really um, kind of taken off a little bit here. Like, um, like we have a lot of listens, like a lot of downloads, and our YouTube page. Your like the videos you put up. You're saying that when we have a uh, like how many views? Over a thousand, thousand, several thousand. That's a lot of people that are hearing what, what we have to say. So that wouldn't happen. That doesn't happen if you if you don't put some work in. And you know, if you're coasting, that doesn't happen. You don't get to follow through with stuff like that. Yeah, I'm more I'm more impressed with the fact that we're almost at 20 episodes. Yeah, I think it's great. What are we at? We're at 18. Is this number 18. Yeah, I think so. No, this is number nineteen. Oh, is it? Oops. So next, so next week we gotta have a little celebration and twenty. Yeah, yeah. And twenty episodes, and 
uh, I know on on our uh, podcast like uh, account anyway, we're coming up to uh, to 500 downloads. That's unreal. 500 downloads, and then and then yeah, like a few thousand uh, views on YouTube. So the word is getting out. So that's great. Yeah, I just I just checked. We're above 2,000. So that's awesome. A lot of people have seen these mugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this ugly mug of yours. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. You ready? Good. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. We'll see you next week. Another great episode of the books. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to share it. We have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future. You can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.